You're listening to the premier home of motorsports for nearly two decades. The Race Central Radio Show. Drive, start Back on ESPN Radio 1600. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing drivers. It's going to be close right here at the line. He's got the inside. They touch once, twice. Oh, boy, here we go. This is going to be tight right here. Now, here is your host, one of the most respected motorsports voices in America, Motorsports Insider, Kurt Hansen. Yeah, we'll go with that. It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It is the uh, premier home, the Blowtorch, for motorsports over 20 years here in the Mile High, streaming around the country and around the globe at the uh, radio show and website. Uh, the, the radio show... Kurt Hansen, that's me, Race Central Radio. And the website is racecentralmedia.com that makes you a smarter and better motorsports fan. He's been a great guest on this show many times. He was your uh, 2020 uh, Top Fuel uh, Rookie of the Year and a young man that just continues uh, to impress, add new sponsor partners, and, and just, man, oh, man. Getting it done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, Justin Ashley, dude, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Thank you. We're uh, we're making a lot of progress, and I appreciate you having me on. You know, you're only good as the the people that you're at surround yourself with, and uh, we're surrounded by a lot of really great people. Is that police car coming for me or you? No, that's me. You're gonna have to excuse me. I'm sorry. So I'm literally in the middle of New York City right now. Oh yeah. So well, it's a li- it's a little bit different. I'm actually my sister's getting married this weekend. So I just stepped outside to to, uh, to hop on with you. So I apologize for that. You, you even no, it's, it, it just adds live radio, bro. It's awesome, and I love the way that uh, like all good New Yorkers, a coffee's a coffee and a nosh, and you're, she's getting married. I love that. I I, I miss the I ninety five drive up into the tri states area. Yeah, you might miss the drive, but you probably don't miss the traffic, right? That's yeah, the one well, thing about New York and one thing about Long Island that's tough. Are you? Do you live on the island? I do, so I'm from Long Island, yep. Little, shocking with that. I used to ride the Port Jeff <laughs> Ferry from uh, Bridgeport to Port Jeff uh, and spend uh, Long Islands uh, uh, on the, uh, you know, out there many, many, many years ago. I, I love the I love the East Coast. I love the ethnicity. I love the the whole jam. It's uh, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. But, uh, yeah, weekends in the Hamptons was a lot of fun. So let's uh, let's forget uh, quiet weekends in the Hamptons. Let's get down to uh, mash the pedal and cutting some lights. Uh, your season. So far, I was in um, uh, Phoenix in February, and and I talked with your dad uh, quite a bit at the start line and stuff. But it's, I mean, the progression that you're getting so much better so quickly. You're fourth in the points right now. I mean, how how close are you to really climbing into P1? Yeah, I mean, look, I think we're close. Uh, you know, it seems like we've made a lot of progress in a short period of time. But the truth of the matter is, is our team has been working on this for years. We surrounded ourselves with the right personnel. We brought in Mike Green and Tommy Galago, who have done a fantastic job with this program. And I feel like in terms of getting to P1, we're right there. We want to put ourselves in a position to compete and win for a championship come the World Finals at the end of the year. And we took a lot of steps forward toward doing that. So far, through the first 10 races of the year. Now, it's a long season. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. But we're getting the results that we want from the race car. Mike Green, Tommy DeLago, they're doing a great job. We're having fun doing it, and we're learning, which is important. The more rounds that we go, the more data, the more information that we can collect, and it continues to help us moving forward. So it should be a really exciting and fun back half of the season. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, uh, you know, you've, you've done the swing before. 
you know, is let's just throw it out there. I mean, is is a couple wins or maybe a sweep of the swing? Is that you know off the record? Have you guys been kind of is that is that kind of floating around back there? So the funny thing about sweeping the swing is I was there in 2009 at Sonoma. I was on the starting line when Antron Brown swept the swing, and he said something very funny that I always remember. He said they asked him about sweeping the swing. I think it was going into the final round, and he said, if you want to talk about bringing out the broom now, you're going to sweat in the trash can. That's where you're going to go, and that's kind of stuck with me ever since. You know, of course we want to sweep the swing. We always want to sweep the swing, but we don't want to necessarily talk about it now because – the truth is, it cements your place in history, and we have a team that's more than capable of doing it, but so do a lot of other cars out there. So sure, it's in the back of our mind, but we have to take it one race at a time. We have to start at Denver. We'll start and focus on Denver, then move to Sonoma, then move to Seattle, and that three weeks is a grind. It's tough on the drivers. It's tough on the team. It's a lot of driving, but it's exciting. The fans are out in full force. I'm excited for the Mile High Nationals. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, we're talking to Justin Ashley. Really been tearing it up this season. As I say, fourth in uh, uh, the, the points right now. It, you know, I have the reason I'm going to say this. So Matt O'Hagan, we just had him on. He always joked, and he and I go back a long ways. He's a, he's a good friend. I, I consider all you guys good friends. So I, I love talking drag racing and hanging around with you guys. Um, but you know, last year he says, Kurt, you know. Every time I come here, I, I, I'm, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. Literally, I'm on fire. And I said, you know, Matt, I have a feeling this year is going to be different. He wins in Denver. I told Tommy Johnson that the year before. Ron Caps, uh, he says that there's a there's a race central mojo. He said, every time I come on your show, Kurt, I win the next weekend. There is a, I think there is a vibe there. So I just, and I told Matt, I said, Matt, you know, I'm joking with you, you know, last year. And you knew I was joking with Tommy the year before. You heard it. And so, you know. Uh, you know, eh. so I put it out there because it, it's not a jinx if I put it out there. It takes the jinx <laughs> I off. I think you have to speak it into existence. Listen, if that's the case, you and I are going to have to talk on the side and you're going to have to schedule me in every weekend now. That's right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Elon's my guy, too. Uh, you know, it's uh, that's why I throw it out there, because if you mumble about it, it gets in your in your dome. If you throw it out there, it's like releasing the bad juju. So the bad juju has gone. It's out there. What the hell? This is your first mile high. So, bro, this is really a different place. Uh, I don't know if you've tested here before or whatever, but speed up the blower, you know, start, uh, as I was t- telling uh, Mason McGaha and Matt, start loading up on the carbs now, start pounding that Pedialyte. It's 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 going to be a hundred and something out there, uh, ambient, so you know what's going to be in the car. It's a sticky weekend. It is. It's going to be a grind. I mean, Denver is a special race. It's different than any other race that we have on the circuit because of the altitude, and it's hot, it's sticky out there. It becomes really a tuner's race, and, and it benefits you to have a crew chief like we do, really to have two crew chiefs with Mike and Tommy who have a lot of experience racing in different conditions and a lot of experience racing in Denver because, for me, all I know is to expect what I've been told. So it's going to be a different experience when I get out there. I've definitely been going out of my way to make sure I prepare, exercise, do a lot of physical fitness in the heat, in the weather. But Denver is different. It really is different than any other race, and I think that's part of what makes winning there, what makes competing there so special. I mean, it is a beautiful facility, and by the time you're done with race day on Sunday, if you're fortunate enough to be holding a Wally, you know that you had to earn that Wally. 
because of all the conditions and everything that's associated with racing there. Yep. Uh, you know, without the, without the dough, there is no go. You've been adding sponsors like crazy. Uh, your dad did a great job, too, back in the day, running his funny car and his, his uh, dragster. Uh, Phillips Connect now on board. Uh, you've also got uh, Jim Epler, former funny car driver, involved in all this stuff now. Uh, how did how did the Phillips Connect thing come around, and how does that partnership? How are you marrying the NHRA experience with Phillips Connect? Yeah, that's a great question. The way the partnership came about is, is through a close friend of mine who handles a lot of my marketing, Rich Bailey. He has had a relationship with Jim Epler, who's the executive vice president of Phillips Connect for many years. And Jim and I started talking after Rich brought that relationship to the table, and we kind of worked that relationship, talked back and forth for a year or so, and. And they decided to come on board for Pomona and now for the remainder of the season. And the amazing part about Phillips Connect is you talk about marrying that to the NHRA and the NHRA community and all that they offer. And that's what they do such a good job of. Rob Phillips, Amber White, Jim Epler, they have an execution strategy. And what they've done is they've used the hospitality area that we have in our pit to bring existing clients out, to bring potential new clients out to the racetrack, host them for the weekend. I get a chance to speak with them show them around the pit area. So it's really about taking advantage of all opportunities that are there for us, using it really to execute on business and to help business grow and develop for not only our program, but for Phillips Connect, because that's what it is. It is a business. It gives them a chance to go out there and show off their smart trailer technology. That's how it's done, man. I did that uh, for years when I ran uh, Pro Atlantic and uh, did it in IndyCars for years. Marry the the happy uh, current clients with the potential hopefuls and rub-a-dub-dub, get everybody in the tub and uh, get them excited. Take them down the start line, blow their ears off, and uh, let them experience the excitement, which is the NHRA and Justin Ashley. Uh, Justin, uh, I'll be seeing you over the weekend. I I think uh, we've got a little TV thing planned with you, so uh, we'll look forward to seeing you and uh, just have a good time at the wedding what's uh, what's what's eating tonight at the rehearsal dinner i appreciate it thank you i am eating some italian food which is always top notch or you can't go wrong with italian food you said to start carboloading now so literally i'm going to start now there you go buddy oh we love it it's justin ashley Uh, have a martini uh uh uh, uh, (laughs) straight up rocket fuel a couple olives and a big old piece of uh, maybe some good raviolis or some gnocchi or something like that justin have fun uh congratulations to your sis and uh we'll see you in a week thanks kurt i appreciate you having me on i'll see you next weekend you got it there he goes that's justin ashley right there phillips connect now on board for the rest of the season. This is a guy that's really, really on a hot streak. And uh, somebody watch. He's right behind our good friend Stevie Torrance. And, uh, wow, what can I tell you? It, uh, it is. It's Race Central on the radio, the premier home for all things motorsports. Uh, the new TV show, SRX, IndyCar, and Formula One. Uh, anywhere you can hear my voice on the old telly or on Roku, on the Revan Network, the Action Channel, and right here at Denver Comcast and on racecentralmedia.com. Sign up for the newsletter. It's how you find out uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Maybe you could be sitting with us in Justin Ashley's Hospitality VIP deal next weekend if you sign up for the newsletter now at racecentralmedia.com. I'm the insider. What the hell? uh, What the heck's going on around here? I'm tired. 4.15, the legendary one. Maybe the preeminent motorsports writer in the whole wide world, Mr. Gordon Kirby, joins us next here on the Premier Home. Keep it locked. You won't want to miss it. And last half of the show, maybe your phone calls, too. Uh, What the heck? 11 minutes after the hour. I'm out of here. See ya.
off the trailer. Now, back to one of the most respected voices in motorsports, your host, Kurt Hansen. Uh, about a quarter after the hour, or as close as we can get to it, it is the premier home for motorsports. It is Race Central on the radio. Watch Race Central TV anywhere. You can hear my voice uh, in, well, pretty much North America and around the, well, around the globe, uh, but also easy found and maybe easiest found at racecentralmedia.com our new design website sign up for our newsletter that's how you get to find out first and foremost all the cool stuff we do and as i said maybe a little tease in the last segment you could join us in justin ashley's vip hospitality next weekend at the mile high nationals by signing up for the newsletter now uh our next guest is a gentleman i had the the good fortune to uh, meet, and we broke some bread uh, with my good friend John Orivitz years ago at uh, the Long Beach Grand Prix at uh, one of my favorite restaurants, 555, and he's just penned another extraordinary piece. It's called Boost, Roger Bailey's Extraordinary Motor Racing Career by Jordan Kirby, and it's uh, Gordon Kirby, excuse me, I'll catch up, and available at racemaker.com. Gordon, it's been a long time, but man, oh man, you just keep rolling out. You keep penning some great stuff. Well, thank you. It's good of you to say. It's my pleasure. I got a great publisher in Racemaker Press in Boston, and uh, we're steaming along here, uh, uh, writing uh, books about uh, some of the key personalities in the history of American racing. Yeah, there's no. T- I mean, how many books have you written? Uh, I've, I've, I've written seventeen, and I've got three more cooking at the moment. Can we talk about the cooking, or no? That's going to be a surprise. Yeah, sure. Uh, what do you got sure. cooking? What's in the oven? Well, the next uh, one that I'm flat out on uh, right now is the uh, uh, Barry Green story. You know, oh, Barry boy. had a great run there as a, a team manager and team owner. Yeah, he did. For uh, 20, 30 years. Um, and uh, so we're, uh, we're flat out on that uh, right now and hoping to have that uh, published that, uh, in May of next year. Yeah, that, that I hate to say it, but because uh, I love... Um, Open wheel racing, IndyCar, I, I still do a lot with them. But, uh, you know, often I was a Champ Car announcer for years. I did all the Denver Grand Prix. I raced Champ Car Atlantics. I mean, there's there's something about the the cart and then Champ Car eras that, uh, I, I mean, I grew up with. And I, I, I hearken back to the, the Barry and Kim Green days. Actually, uh, I believe uh, they had cool was part of that deal for a long time. Was was Skull on that on that card too? Was that a well, Skull it started off? Car? You know, he was the team manager for Jerry Forsythe's team yes. with Tail Fabby. Yes, in 1983, and that was that was a Skull Bandit uh, car. And, yes, uh, you know, Fabby won three races and raced with Al Senior uh, for the championship. Al Al beat him, but uh, they had a hell of a year. Yeah, actually, a good friend of mine who was one of my mentors when I started racing, uh, a young man from Ireland named Kenny Atchison. was. Oh, yes. Yeah, Kenny was. Uh, yeah, so Teo uh, Corrado, I think, maybe Teo or, or Corrado. Teo raced the, 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 the next year. Uh, Bernie Ecclestone actually uh, made a deal with, uh, uh, with Teo to do Formula One for the Brabham team. But he already had his contract with Barry, so he had to do the Indy cars as well. But it didn't work out too good. And so in the middle of the season, two-thirds of the way through the season, Teo quit doing IndyCars, and they brought in Corrado. Corrado, and Corrado yes. ran the last 
four races that year, I think it was. Yeah, and then and then his father, somebody in the family passed away the Laguna weekend, which is one of my home tracks. And so they brought Kenny in uh, to drive the car. And he was doing a great job until he landed uh, upside down against the, the, the Armco, or on top of the Armco coming out of the corkscrew, and uh, bent the tub, and they said, that's it, we're done. <laughs> yeah, I remember that very well. But, uh, you know, do you... I mean, Roger, this goes back so far. How, I mean, how many pages are in this book? Because how the hell do you fit it all in one book? <laughs> uh, it's like about a 210-page book. So it's kind of a normal uh, thick, thick book. And, these, you know, uh, uh, and away we go. Again, his, his career ran for 52 years from, you know, 1960 to 2012 when he finally retired. And he spent the last 25 years, you know, founding, running, developing the Indy Light Series, mm-hmm. you know, through its heyday. Yeah. Uh, but he had a great career. He was the, uh, you know, he was the first non-Italian to work for the Ferrari Formula One team. I did not know that. Yeah, he and Chris Amon were great buddies. And Chris Amon uh, got an offer to go to Ferrari in 1968. And Enzo Ferrari said, you can bring uh, one mechanic if you wish. And he said, yeah, I want to bring this guy, Roger Bailey. He's a great buddy of mine and a great mechanic. So Roger worked for two years there, uh, two and a half years, with, with Eamon in Formula One, uh, Can-Am, uh, long-distance sports cars, and the Tasman Series. They won the Tasman Championship in 68. Jeez. So uh, anyway, that was, you know, that's one segment of Roger's great career. Yeah, boy, that was a series when I was running Pro Atlantics in the early 90s that I really, really, really wanted to go, go do. As soon as the season was over, you know, everybody hustles up and goes down to New Zealand, and you race like yeah. 12 times in six weekends, and you beat the snot out of your stuff because you're running on little short, bumpy, you know, you know, janky racetracks, and and but the, but the, the the history there. My Atlantic car actually won the Tasman Series with Kenny Smith in '89. Huh? I have an '88 Swift DB4, and Kenny uh-huh. Smith won the championship. Actually, I t- checked that. It's the 11th car ever built, and Kenny won the championship with uh, Canadian CP Air on the side, red, white, and blue car. Uh, he won the championship in '88. So that was a very. I really, really wanted to do that series. That's a special thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Did he ever share with you? I mean, I I grew up with the David Hobbs and and uh, Jim Busby, you know, three twenty i turbo grenades in the uh-huh. in, in IMSA. Uh, but, but everything that did you ever share, maybe Can Am, IMSA, Indy. Do you ever have a favorite? Do I have a favorite? Or or does Roger he, have a favorite? No, did Roger have a favorite? Do you ever share that with you? I, I I don't think he has a favorite. I would say, because um, he and Eamon were such good buddies, and that experience at Ferrari was, uh, you know, such a seminal time for him, uh, you know, and he was still he, in his 20s at that stage of the game, and he went around the world with Chris. And he always says that, uh, you know, Eamon had a huge effect on his career because he also... Uh, he also spent a year or two, Roger, uh, building the Ford GT uh, 40s, uh, Mark IIs, uh, for Le Mans in 1966, uh, which Eamon drove one with McLaren, and, and Eamon got him a job there, you know, um, uh, doing that before the Ferrari thing happened. So, again, they were great pals. Uh, he had a, g- a huge effect on his career, and... Uh, 
Roger says in the book, you know, that there's no question that Chris Amon, you know, had a bigger impact on my career than any other person. And, and they were great friends and buddies. So, you know, it's particularly warm uh, feeling towards uh, Amon. Yeah, I, I have to share this with you because uh, you've been doing this so long. I have to share a little secret. When I was on the U.S. national ski team and traveling around Europe and spending summers in Argentina at training camp and stuff like that, I used to read your stuff. But I didn't want to be that homer, you know, at dinner at 555 going, oh, my God, Gordon Kirby. Uh, I actually, uh, 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 Brian Herta did that uh, for, for us when he, we were having dinner when he walked up. I don't even remember that. But I used to read you in uh, Autosport and Motorsport as I traveled around the world many, many, many years ago. So it's always a great pleasure to catch up with you. And I didn't know you did a, a Wally Dallenbach uh, book because uh, Wall Sr. and Pepe are good friends of mine, as is Paul and uh, – Wally, back when he was in charge of Champ Car, he actually signed off on my FIA license way back. I want to say it was uh-huh. 89 or 90. So the Dollenbacks are, are really, really good friends. When can we um, uh, expect the next, uh, the next piece to come out, you think? The next book here? Yeah. We're, well, as I say, it's the Barry Green book, and yeah. uh, we're shooting to get that out you know, next spring and launch it at the Indy 500 next year. My goodness, how great. Like we launched the uh, Bailey book there uh, this year, so that's Ooh. the goal. Yeah, good that's stuff. Uh, so it's it's Boost. How'd you come up with the name Boost, by the way? Well, it's his nickname. He oh. earned that nickname uh, in the 70s. He went to work for, uh, uh, after his uh, time there at Ferrari, he ended up going to work um, uh, for McLaren Engines in Detroit. Yeah. Teddy Mayer hired him to do that. And for four or five years in the in the early seventies, mid seventies, he built Johnny Rutherford's uh, unlimited turbo offy, uh, you know, four banger uh, for the McLaren team, and he built a handful of uh, twelve hundred and thirteen hundred horsepower qualifying motors for JR, oh. and that's where he got his nickname Boost. No kidding. Uh, it's Gordon Kirby right there. It's Boost. It's the Roger Bailey story. Uh, really, it is an extraordinary uh, racing career by Gordon Kirby uh, here, right here on the radio on Race Central, and now available at racemaker.com. That's racemaker.com. I can guarantee that all the stuff I've read that Gordon's done for so many years, 50 years to be exact, uh, you want to get uh, this one. Racemaker.com is a place to find it, and then wait for the Barry Green book, because uh, Barry and Kim Green built uh, Dynasty back in what I call the halcyon days of cart. Uh, What can I tell you, Gordon? Uh, Be well. I look forward to talking to you soon, and maybe I'll bump into you next year at Indy, and uh, we'll get you uh, back on. And I want to thank Judy Stropa. She's a great friend. We'll we'll talk about the Barry Green book with Barry Green himself. There we go. Uh, Gordon, have a great weekend. Enjoy the uh, Tri-States area, the, uh, the East Coast, and we'll talk to you again real soon. All the best. Great to talk to you, Kurt. All right. Thank Take you. It's Gordon Kirby right there. The, the, boost, the boost book. Roger Bailey at racemaker.com. We keep rocking and rolling. What can I tell you? Uh, I got a great story that you, you're not going to want to miss. I want to get to it right away. Unless you give us a call at 303-844-3776 and sign up for the newsletter right now. You could be spending next weekend in the uh, Justin Ashley VIP hospitality area at the Mopar. Not check that. No longer Mopar, the Dodge Power Broker Mile High Nationals. Go to the website, racecentralmedia.com. Click on the Join the Newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter icon on the homepage. And now you can be a VIP. I'm the Insider and racecentralmedia.com.
22 minutes after the hour. Always a, a great pleasure to catch up with uh, Justin Ashley. Pretty dynamic young man. That is one of the, the really neat things. And, and, and all the other racing series have learned something from the NHRA. There's no doubt about that. That, And that's one of the, 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 the fun things about oh, the season finale for NASCAR at Phoenix. That whole new infield area. A lot of driver and crew and, and you know, accessibility. And I, I think that's, uh, you know, one of the reasons that uh, so many people like drag racing. They, they can really be part of the experience, which is, uh, as I say, the explosion, which is the sound of power, the internal combustion engine, the, the thing that started it all. Oh, I mean, the electric stuff is cool. A friend of mine just got a, a new um, uh, a Tesla Plaid. When you romp on that thing, not even in like drag strip mode or whatever they call it, just the normal mode, it... It's downright devastating, but it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, smashing a vanilla ice cream cone in your face. <laughs> I don't know how we came up with that. It's just kind of blah. I mean, yeah, it's electric cars to me are, are just so homogenized. There, there's just I mean, like with my 68 Impala Resto mod, you think about the history behind that car, where it was built. Um and tracking the history with, like with my Ford Falcon convertible, my 64, you know, built in in one of the Ford plants in Springfield and the history behind that car and sold to its original owner here in, in Denver. And it still has the, the plate on the back from the dealer. And, it, you know, it new electric stuff. It's to me, it's like buying a new Hamilton Beach blender. Ooh, my blender does 100,000 RPM a minute, or RPM. Yours only does, you know, 50. They're cool. I, I'm not sure if the internal combustion engine is dead, which harkens me to, you know, if you've got a comment or a thought at 303-844-3776, I'm not a caller-driven show. I generally don't care. Um but at 303-844-3776, especially if you're driving an electric car right now, what switched you and converted you from the internal combustion engine, the thing that started it all, to a blender? And if you're a race fan, what form of racing would still keep you captivated with no noise? Would you watch the Broncos if you had to, if there was, you could not have volume on your TV? You should watch it. And when they scored a touchdown, a little light came on. Like in drag racing, right lane winner, left lane winner, a little wind light, we call it. Little light comes on. No, no rooting, no audio. How'd that work out for you? Only time will tell. Only time will tell. But I can tell you this. As it sits right now, as we meander on up to uh, the Mile High Nationals, right now in top fuel, boy, an, another guy that's been on a hell of a run this year, Mike Salinas, the Scrappers team. It's a great story. And after Mike's win in Phoenix, the article that he penned about what's going on in the NHRA and and the disconnect and what they need to do 
Very powerful stuff. Spoke with a very good friend, longtime NHRA uh, PR person. And no, it wasn't Elon. Uh, yesterday. And you could hear in their voice when I started talking about what's going on in the NHRA, the Mike Salinas article. You could, there was definitely a, a, a real downturn in their voice. And I think genuine concern. I'm not ripping drag racing or the NHRA. I love it. I grew up with it at Fremont Drag Strip in Northern California, much like I did sports car racing at Laguna Seca, IndyCar racing, Laguna Seca, uh, Sears Point, Trans Am, the same. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Offshore powerboat racing way back in the day in the Alameda Estuary. I mean, this is, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a wacko gearhead. TV numbers, uh, Fox just won a, a big award for their broadcast of the NHRA. They're doing a phenomenal job. The product has never looked better on TV. It really is horrendous. Steve Righteous and, and Andrew Young and all the folks over there at the NHRA really deserve uh, a pat on the back. The broadcasts look fantastic. The racing has is, is been terrific. This, this season... It's kind of like NASCAR. It's bouncing all over the place. You know, you, you could kind of predict, at least for a few years there, that, you know, in, in top fuel, it was Brittany Force or Steve Torrance. Now you got Austin Proc, Josh Hart, Mike Salinas, Brittany and Torrance doing their thing. Brittany's second, Steve-O's third, Justin's fourth, Austin Proc is fifth. And Leah... For years there at uh, DSR, Don Schumacher Racing, if you're on a first-name basis, was really exploding. And it'll happen again. I'm not down on Leah at all. Leah is a phenomenal talent. I I interviewed her like 10 years ago at the Mopar Big Block Party. I didn't even know who she was. I mean, nobody knew who she was. She was. She came to the race as a spectator. I interviewed her at the block party because she was a very, very attractive blonde. Shame on me. <sighs> she and I have a good friendship. I told her a couple of years ago she would go, again, it's more of the race central karma. I told her she'd go to P1 Friday night in qualifying. She did. She came into the media center, gave me a big old hit. I have a video of it. I'll have to find it and post it on my Facebook page. And the first thing I said, I told you. Much like I told Tommy Johnson two years ago, much like I told Matt Hagen a year ago. And I, boom, I've taken the jinx off Magaha and off of Justin Ashley. Watch Justin go win the top field at the mountain. <laughs> it's tough the first time. It's a very weird place. Uh, many a driver has told me that that the engine note even is so different. It it It's kind of like when I do this radio show. Like last week we had a, a, a microphone problem. And I got all this echoing and noise and so it jacks with your game. It really does. When things sound all funky, you think they're all funky. I've had drivers tell me the first time here, I mean, I, I 
on the hit, which is when you mash the pedal, as you heard Matt Hagen say, on the hit, it just sounded like it was going to blow up because it, it just has a different thump and a different growl, and it's just funky, and it, it doesn't launch like it does at sea level. Well, hell no, it's not going to launch like it does at sea level. By the way, you're, you know, at a million feet. Well, almost. At 5280. It really screws with your stuff. Because it doesn't launch the way it normally does. It doesn't hook up like it normally does. It doesn't sound like it normally does. I mean, think about your job. You know, you have a routine. You have something you're used to. You know, just it's the way it is. What can I tell you? Oh, my God. It's a last call. Uh, last segment here on the Premier Home. If you'd like to jump in, 303-844-3776. That's 303-844-3776. I would really especially love to talk to somebody that uh, is no longer doing the internal combustion thing, now is an electric car, and them to call and tell me why. And if that person calls, they could be part of our experience next weekend at the Mile High Nationals, the Justin Ashley VIP Hospitality Suite, looking like a bad man or bad woman. Because everybody wants to be behind the red velveteen rope. The VIP experience. Sign up for the newsletter at racecentralmedia.com. Do it right now. You could be joining us. Uh, Sid the Kid behind the glass. STK doing her thing. Doing a great job. Wow, what a show so far. Uh, I, well, What can I tell you? I've got the Andretti story. Oh, boy. And how about uh, the Noah Gregson story? We'll get to that after this. Welcome back to the premier home for motorsports for two decades. The blowtorch for motorsports on Race Central Radio. It fires me up, man. On ESPN Radio AM 1600 with award-winning host, Kurt Hansen. And that's a 46 minutes after the hour. It is last call. Final segment on the best damn motorsports show you're ever going to hear. Also, that little TV thing we do, a Race Central TV. Um... You can anywhere you can hear my voice in North America. You can watch us on TV uh, here in the Mile High on Denver Comcast. If you're outside the metro, you can watch us on uh, the Revan Network on the Roku channel. You can also watch us on Denver Comcast uh, Roku channel and also streaming on their website. Also on the Action Channel. Uh, it goes on and on and on, but easy is found at racecentralmedia.com. Sign up for the newsletter. You could be joining us. With Justin Ashley and his dad, Mike Ashley, and with all the VIPs behind the red velveteen ropes in a, a nice uh, a water-misted, cool environment at the Mile High Nationals next weekend if you sign up for the newsletter right now on racecentralmedia.com. I guess nobody's got the stones that went from uh, internal combustion to electric engine, or electric engine, internal combustion engine to electric motors. That's okay. It's Okay. Uh, interesting story uh, came out yesterday. Uh, Formula One driver Yuki Tsunoda, uh, it's tough to say with a broken jaw, um, is much like Denny Ham Sandwich was a couple of years ago, seen a sports psychologist. Uh, he came up through a Formula Two and to the, the Red Bull Junior team uh, a year or so ago, and then uh, was signed by Red Bull's sister team, Alpha Tori. 
which was uh, uh, the other Red Bull team. There was Red Bull, like Team One, and then uh, the other Red Bull team that had a different name. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, Toro Rosso. So there was Red Bull, Formula One team, and then Toro Rosso, a Formula One team, still Red Bull. Now that's Alpha Tori. <laughs> He's become a fan favorite because of his screaming, like samurai-like outbursts on team radio and candid comments about the sport. He's now seen a sports psychologist because his team is, has said, you know, you gotta, you got to stay in your lane, bud. So he's seen a sports psych. And he says, I don't know if it's currently working. I, I don't read, but I have to get quotes right. Uh, he said that as recently as, as the Austrian uh, Grand Prix, which uh, is this weekend, by the way. Oh, by the way, too, uh, Max, Max, Yax, Max Verstappen is on the pole. Both Mercedes crashed out during qualifying, and Lewis Hamilton is besides himself. I really don't care. I'm not a Hamilton guy. So, went, 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 went. When the top story about Lewis Hamilton a week ago, uh, he got a third. It's good, but a lot of attrition was if he took his nose ring out. I, I just, you know, yeah. It's scary, but he uh, they they moved him close to the AlphaTauri team, where um, you know he spends all the time with Pierre Gasly and with the the uh, sports psych. Uh, he's he's showing flashes of being really quick. He had a fourth at the season finale last year ago, and then he he and his teammate Pierre Gasly came. They ran into each other last week at Silverstone. As Gasly was trying to pass him, I mean, I just, ugh. um, and 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 from that crash, that stuff, uh, bits and bots, as we would say, got underneath um, Max Verstappen's wing and a car, costing him a two point five seconds and possibly a race win because he had to pit. So I don't know. It's, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, the big boss Helmut Marco, who runs the Red Bull programs. Described to, uh, to Sonoda as a problem child. Man, this, I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe it'll work out. The, the guy is bloody quick. There's no doubt about that. But you just can't go around running into teammates. And, and this guy's off the, off the hook uh, on the in-car radio. I, it's, I'm surprised, much like Kurt Busch was years ago, and when he came to the Furniture Road team, they actually had two radios. A lot of people don't know that. He had another radio. He would, he would, he would, uh, 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 they had the radio and then they had this, the super top secret triple probation radio that uh, somebody's, somebody's on the line. They want to talk to me. Okay. Hey, uh, I don't know who I'm talking to, but uh, jump in here. We got a, a couple minutes left. Yeah, Kurt, uh, a couple, two things. I watch e-racing. It's Okay. It's funny because they go on shorter, twistier circuits than Formula One, it seems like. Oh, yeah, they, they, cram can... them, they cram them into little tight street circuits that are almost yeah. a joke. Yeah, and all you hear is the squealing of the tires. <laughs> yeah. Is that and exciting? They got all, the, all this stuff like, okay, he's going to get the extra boost, and this one's got uh, 3% <laughs> left, and come on, just race. Who am I talking to, you by know? the way? Ralph. Hey, well, yeah, good to know you. Uh, are you a regular listener? Yes, you bet. And one, I used to drive the semis for Tom Glory Racing. During oh, the well, you know, I, I'm from the Walnut Creek Danville area. Tom was one of my mentors. 
I don't know how he's doing now. I know he lived uh, south of uh, San Francisco, doesn't he? Well, he was. He was in Carmel. Now he's in San Diego. I talk to him uh, frequently. Did you drive the the hauler back in Lane Sports days or Gloy Motorsports? When we had um, uh, what's uh, the guy from who drove uh, the Corvette in Le Mans, uh, Ron Fellows? Yeah, Ronnie. Eighty-yard engines. Yeah, those were Mustangs back then. Yes, they were. Wow. And uh, we also ran, um, uh, uh, what's his name, the curly blonde guy who's about 55 years old now. Uh, he drives still Trans Am occasionally. Um, hmm. Oh, wait, uh, Simon Gregg? No, he's taller, kind of skinny, curly hair, kind of curly blonde hair. Wasn't Chris um, Neifel? No. No, I, I'm trying to remember because uh, I, I remember those years very, very well. That's when you guys had the shop up at up at Sonoma, right next to uh, uh, One yes. Country Motorsports. I, and I remember very, very well. Tom, I used to spend a lot of time with Tom. He taught me a lot, helped me get started in Formula Atlantics. And then when we went east, we had a shop north of Detroit, and we spent the whole summer there because most of the racing were in the Midwest and on the east and up in Canada. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've been I've been there many times, and I'm the name is escaping me. It's a little janky town. Uh, it's uh, uh, that's where uh, Roush was for years and years. Oh, it's, it's on the end of my tongue. But yeah, know it well. So are you? Do you live? So obviously you lived uh, there then. Now you live in Denver, I guess. Oh yeah, no, I've been. I just did that for uh, summer, and because uh, they had an ad in that at that time, Speed Sport News by Chris Economaki. Oh my god, and and I. <laughs> Went to the job and uh, drove all over. It was a lot of fun. I did. I bled all the tires and put nitrogen in them. And uh, but I wanted to say, what about the IndyCar feud going on in Andretti Racing? I I didn't catch the beginning of your show or anything, so I just wanted to watch you. Yeah, I, I no, I mean, and so I'll just hang with us. Uh, so it it um, Roman Grosjean and I've said this uh, for the last couple of weeks. I mean. Uh, Alexander Rossi's been kind of a stick in the mud in the last couple of years. He's really done nothing. He was he won yeah. the Indy 500, and then he's just kind of hung around. And now he's just all of a sudden the guy has got the bit between his teeth because I think he's trying to send a message uh, because I think he was unhappy at Andretti. And when you're unhappy inside the race car, I'm sure Tom's told me this many times. When you're unhappy and uncomfortable inside a race car, and uh, you just you're not you. You got to get into that zone. Well, he has a big feud going on with Roman Grosjean, and now it's kind of spinning off to everybody so they went testing in iowa this week before they get ready to go to toronto to and i guess michael really laid down the law uh in a team meeting after uh uh, mid ohio and uh you know the message was pretty clear but there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on there and maybe that's part of the reason because i mean roman was a great story the netflix uh, drive to survive story he literally i mean he should have died in that crash at abu dhabi steps out of the car and now he's a huge fan favorite here and i think um i've had alexander i like like the guy yeah i I like him i want to see and if i was a head of indycar racing i would build this up a little you know, it can't hurt, right? A little publicity. You got a few going on within the team. Watch it. You know, fireworks could be happening. I mean, anything to get more eyes on your on your series. 
Yeah, well, I, I agree. Uh, and that the name of that town <clears throat> outside of Detroit will come to me probably at 3 in the morning, but Walt, I won't call you. Uh, Walt, we got to go, but they, hey, you call anytime. You're a good caller. We love talking. We'll talk uh, We'll talk Trans Am. We'll talk Formula Atlantic. I'll talk anything with you. Uh, it is Race Central on the radio. It's time for me to get the heck out of here. STK, Sid the Kid, doing a phenomenal job as always behind the glass. That's Walt right there on the radio. He knows his stuff. And uh, what can I tell you? Uh, Mile High Nationals next weekend. Sign up for the newsletter. If you do, you could be going as a VIP to the Mile High Nationals next week with us. Uh, do it at racecentralmedia.com. Uh, this icon right there on the homepage. I'm Motorsports Insider. For everybody here at Bonneville and Sid the Kid behind the glass, have a great weekend. Do something nice for somebody. And as a mentor of mine said a long time ago, angels fly because they take themselves lightly. See you next week.